Welcome to the Acting Hockey Podcast. This podcast is designed to give people an insight to players, to the lifestyle, to the stories, to the journey, to the successes, to the failures that these hockey players have gone through. Um, we hope to give you a look at players all the way from the NHL down through the junior levels, as well as players involved in the game. Chad Johnson is an excellent story of uh, of a path that's maybe a lot different than a lot of players that have made it to the NHL. And there's a lot of insight to his journey and his trials, his tribulations, his success. And uh, it's a pretty inspirational story with a lot of insight. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, tune in to Atzerdachny Hockey on Twitter, Facebook, uh, as well as Instagram for future podcast dates. I hope you enjoy the podcast. I'm really happy to be joined by NHL goalie Chad Johnson. He's had a, a long career and he's got an incredible story and incredible thoughts to, to share with us today. Um, the dynamics of being an NHL goalie is something that's uh, really interesting and I think uh, you're going to find it really uh, entertaining as we listen. Welcome Chad, great to see you. Yeah, thanks for, uh, for having me. So it's been, uh, been nice to meet you this, this weekend. No, it's fantastic. So tell me a little bit, uh, you know, playing in the NHL, obviously players don't get the opportunity to immediately jump there. Um, and, and the type of goaltending that you've been doing, and you've been at various destinations, like where did you grow up? And tell me a little bit about uh, your, your minor hockey experience. Yeah, so I, uh, I was born in Saskatoon, but I grew up in Calgary, played my minor hockey uh, in Calgary for the Bow Alley Flames, uh, played... Uh, kind of, I guess, if I was to describe my journey, it's been a, definitely a process. You know, I'm not the, the, the type of goalie that's, I think, always been the highly talented guy every year. I've had to kind of, you know, play on team threes, then the ones, then the threes, and I've kind of made my, my mark that way, and it sort of worked the same way into uh, the, the next level after community hockey with the the, um, the Buffaloes, where I played AAA Bantam there two years, AAA Midget, uh, and then went on and played junior hockey with the, the Brooks Bandits, and sort of took my time, and uh, made sure I was ready at every level before I moved on, and, um, and then I went to from there. I went to the University of Alaska, and again spent four years there. Really, just went through the process of uh, maturing uh, off the ice and on the ice, and uh, and then signed my first pro contract. I think when I was about 22, 23. So uh, it's been a journey. It's, I can't say it's always been easy, even at the NHL level. You know, you, on different teams, different leagues, it's always been. Uh, a struggle and I think for myself it's it's made me who I am and, and why I keep fighting and why I'm competitive uh, is because I, I don't think I've ever had anything handed to me and I still don't feel like I've ever had anything handed to me so uh, it's sort of been instilled in my my blood just that journey to get where I am. That That's that's awesome. So let's just I'm gonna take you back a little bit to, to to your Calgary minor hockey days. So when you first started hockey I assume you started as a forward is that correct yeah, or a defenseman? Actually well I have a twin brother. Okay. Um, so growing up, we played street hockey before we got into that the ice hockey. And um, so when I was we were four or five years old playing street hockey, you know, both of us were players, and it kind of got a little boring shooting on open net all the time. So we sort of my dad convinced told us one of us convinced one of us to go in net. And my brother was the older brother and a little more stubborn. Uh, so I was the younger one, and I was like, yeah, I'll go in net. And, you know, I just fell in love with the position and started watching goalies growing up and the gear, and you know, you get attached to that and just how personal you could be with everything and um, so then I really from that point on I, I was I was I wanted to be a goalie you know I, I enjoy being a player and 
um, and I would play players sort of every second year, every off year, um, going into a new a new level. If whether it was Adam or Pee Wee, I'd be a player the first year, and the second year I'd be a goalie, or I'd switch and go back and right. forth. So um, really, from the start, from Tyke or whatever they call it, Timbits now or whatever, yeah. right? They um, I was I was always the kid that went in net more than the others, and it's just. I don't know if it was because I was better at it, you know, and I think when you do anything, when you're good at something or better than most and people recognize you and you get respect doing it, I think yeah. even at a young age, I think you just sort of gravitate to it. And I think that's, for, for me, that's what it was. Plus, my brother needed something to shoot on. That's perfect. So when when was your first year of full-time goalie when uh, you <sighs> hung up your player skates? I think it was probably, it was Peewee. So my second year Peewee. Wow. Um, I, you know, there, I think I was the only goalie on the team. There was just a big difference. Um... Uh, I think there wasn't enough goalies to be honest, so we all had one one goalie in, in Pee Wee, or each team had one goalie. So I was the the only goalie on the team, and I couldn't be a player. You know, there was there was obviously no one no one else on that team at that point at that age that would go in net. Um, so that's really when I gave it up again. I the year before I was a goalie and a player, so we had two goalies, and I was the second guy. But if I wasn't playing, I would be a player. So I remember times my dad too, and you know, if it was a certain team or we were up, I'd come in the room and I change out of my goalie gear between periods or really quick and throw the hockey skate or player skates on and the player gear and the other way around too if the goalie was struggling the other guy was struggling whether what age it was you know to get him out I would go in bring the you know I'd had two sets of gear bring the goalie gear put the goalie gear on and go out for the second and third and play goal so it was just like a different dynamic so I was you know and I, again I think it helped me just understand the game a little bit more too and worked on my skating my dad really wanted me to to be sure that I was uh comfortable being in that and I was working on different different skills and, and things too with my skating which has really helped me that's fantastic as we as we know we spend our life helping pro and young players improve their skating and it's the foundation for any position and yeah. sometimes for goaltenders it gets lost um, because of all the crease movements and the yeah. and the and the varying techniques that are going on but to this date it's uh, it's the foundation for any it hockey is. player goalie defenseman forward it doesn't matter and yeah. It's great to hear that you work on that skill. Growing up and, and looking back, um, who was is, who is the goalie, who was the player or the goalie that you thought, hey, this is the guy that I want to be like? Yeah, for me, it was always like Ed Belfour. Okay. I, I sort of idolized him. I wasn't like a team guy. Like, I mean, a team, I'm a team guy, but I'm just, I wasn't like a follow. I wasn't just like, oh, this is my team. This is like I'm a Dallas Stars fan or I'm like just a Calgary Flames fan. Like I cheered for Calgary. It was my, my home team, but I was, I was a guy that was following specific players and for me it was Ed Belfort just his intensity um the way he played I always felt like he was so focused you know there's just a just an intensity to his game that I always right. was drawn to um you know and everybody everybody enjoyed watching the Broders, the Waz, the guys that really dominated and won um but for me Belfort was the one that stood out that's a good that's a great choice so playing through the the AAA system in Calgary um and through Midget Midget AAA, you had an opportunity to have your first junior experience. Tell us a little bit about that transition from AAA hockey at the at the Calgary community level to moving to junior A. Yeah, I think just looking looking back, I think um, you know the the transition it's it's a big time in your life. I think as as a hockey player, as as a man, I think you're you're growing up. There's a lot of different players going different directions. Some some players making big jumps. So you're always I think for myself, the hardest part that that stage was just seeing other guys, you know, I was almost more worried about other players and what they were doing rather than my own game, just thinking like the mental side of it. Um, so it, that, that stage of my life, I always feel like it was definitely a struggle. Like you're always trying to find that confidence in your own game to stay within yourself because guys are going 
they're getting drafted down to the dub. They're going to to these camps. They're playing, you know, at 16, 17, they're playing World Junior, some kids, and they're getting a lot of attention. There's a lot of media coverage on them. And, um, you know, for me, I took a slower so slower route than, than most players. So I think looking at it, um, that part was a challenge for me. Um, it's just the mental side of it, staying focused on my own game. So making that next step to junior, from AAA, AAA to junior, just speaking on, on that, um, it was nice to get into that junior level to kind of move on and, and, and sort of grow up, move away from home and uh, sort of keep taking steps forward. You know, I think everybody just wants to continue to improve and, and take like the next steps, the next level. So um, it was a difficult transition um, somewhat, just I guess the mental side of it. But um, I had my brother along with me in, in that first year in, uh, in Brooks. So to be able to kind of move away and have somebody there with me, live with me for that first year was nice. It was definitely nice just to be able to um, sort of get adjusted being away from family. That's amazing. And uh, AJHL is a good hockey league. And uh, your franchise that you played for is going on to some great championships in yeah. the future. And they've really grown yeah. and, uh, and developed. And so during your junior career, uh, you know, you, you really progressed, you really developed, and you started to get some attention from some NCAA teams and yeah. uh, some other organizations. Tell us a little bit about how that happened. Yeah, so I uh, just kind of go back to, I was, yeah, when I was 16, I was drafted by the, uh, the Tigers, so I had an option to go to, to the Western League or the, uh, the NCAA route, and um, you kind of go through that process of trying to decide where you want to be and what you want to do and uh, in that standpoint. and. Um, you know, my first year in Brooks was a little bit difficult. Uh, we were probably, I think we were the worst team by far in the league. We only won like 10 games or something like that. Uh, the organization had never won um, a playoff game or never gone to the playoffs ever in the organization's history. So the second year was a big year for me. And um, again, if you're on a winning team, the team does well, every player looks good and they get yeah. more attention. So that first year I never got, I never got talked to by any NHL scouts or any, um, you know, NCAA teams. So again, that was tough, that, that part of it. But the next year I knew uh, we were gonna be a little bit better, new coaching staff. Uh, and the second year I really just, I felt like I matured. Um, was more comfortable playing junior hockey, the schedule, which was a little bit of an adjustment compared to living at home and parents driving your practice yeah, and, and games. So I was a little more adjusted my second year and had a really good start to the season. Uh, the team was really good. And like the coaching staff was really great to me. And, uh, then I started getting a little more NCAA recognition or uh, acknowledgement and, and talked to different universities kind of throughout this, the, the season and um, then just decided I think mid, midpoint or midway through the season that I, uh, the, the University of Alaska was the best fit for me and um, so yeah it was definitely that second year I look at sort of a stepping stone for me again to kind of get myself on that next level um, so it was it was an exciting year just because you get more recognition again you're always at that stage when you're 18 years old, there's a lot of insecurities. You know, you, we all want to be in the NHL. We want to be there right away when you're 18. So you're 17 years old and you're not, you don't have that, uh, that recognition. I think everybody wants that respect in some way. So to be able to get a little bit, again, some NCAA recognition, I knew that, okay, I can move on and continue to develop and grow to hopefully get to the NHL level. Well, absolutely. When you were going through your, your recruiting process with the teams, what made you choose Alaska? Like, obviously, yeah. uh, I've, I've been I've been to Fairbanks, yeah. and uh, yeah. they've got a very uh, isolated, focused yeah. situation there. So. Yeah, I think it was just, just the comfort I had with my situation going there and being able to play. I think for me, it's always, even now, it's just about opportunity, um, you know, to play and, and grow as a player and, and sort of maximize uh, my abilities as much as I can 
as much as I can and uh, have a good conversation with the, the university and they could just really offer me more opportunity there. Um, some of the other schools could verbally, you know, obviously I knew I had to come in and work regardless, but there was just a little too much uncertainty, I think, in other situations and even some that you know, some Ivy League offers and um, some medium some medium level schools and stuff too. So the Ivy League were definitely out just because the academics I knew I wasn't wasn't there. And again I had to be honest with myself um, and what I wanted and uh, what I was able to handle, especially playing hockey and the Ivy League schools were out and so I just narrowed it down to, to where I was comfortable and there was a lot of Western Hockey League kids that uh, or Western Hockey League um, located players that went up there as well. So I knew a lot of different people that have gone up there and had, had great things to say about it. So uh, and it was definitely a challenge that first year, getting adjusted to the, the climate, like you said. So it's dark and um, it's cold. So, you, you know, it was an adjustment. There's a little bit of depression going on there um, the first year. So you have to be aware of that. So and then, again, it, it was a great experience. So the people were awesome. Well, that's great. You know, what I love about your story is the adversity and the, and the failure and the journey that you've gone on. Um, the way that the hockey system is for all of us, and you've been through it through Alberta, the Western Hockey League draft at 14 years old. Yeah, a lot of players have not even fully developed, and it's a, it's quite yeah. an early age to draft. Then the pressures of making a decision if you've even been drafted, if you go to the Western Hockey League or the AJ, or you have that opportunity. Yeah, and uh, your journey has been a good one because you know you chose the NCAA group route, which allowed you the time to grow, develop become physically strong, mentally strong, but one of the most important things is you got an opportunity to play. And, and quite often, quite often players, they want success very quickly. Yeah. And it doesn't work like that in the game. No, like all. you see the superstars, they, they, they rocket to the top, but yeah. the journey yeah. is, it's not easy. No, and there's, that's the thing is I think everybody, you all want to be the the Carey Prices, the Sidney Crosbys, but like you hear about those guys, right? And you think that you have to be that to get there, but there's like 95% of the rest of the league doesn't take that excelled route, you know? You have to put in your time, you have to go through highs and lows, you have to, um, you know, just, just really go through the process to get there, you know? And I think for myself, just being able to get those extra few years when I was 21, 22 to really mature and develop, helped me get to that next level so that when you do step into that next level, you're ready for it. You know, I think every, everybody wants to play in the NHL when they're 18 and you think if you're not in the NHL by 18, 19, 20, then you're not gonna make it. And that's not the case, you know? I think you have to be ready and I think a lot of kids, they, they see it, somebody who makes the jump to this elite group in the, in the WHL and they think that now they're a step behind. You know, and it's really not the, not the one who gets there first one who's there really last, you know, who's playing the longest, who's there, you know, and, and, and I think a lot of kids, they ruin their eligibility and um, they're just not ready to play pro hockey when they're 20 years old. Like how many kids are really going to be physically mature enough to play against men? And that's the thing, when you get into that, the NHL level and into the pros, you need to, to, to set yourself up to have success right away because you'll get labeled as a certain player, just like any other level. If you come on their team and you're, not the best player or you struggle here or there then you get labeled unfortunately that's just how it is in hockey so you want to make sure that you're physically mentally ready that when you make that jump to that professional level because it's a business at that point that you are going to be one of the best players there and i don't think a lot of kids to be honest at 20 years old are really ready to make that next step so they come and they play pro hockey for one or two or three years and they just don't do well because they're not physically ready mentally ready to really be elite 
that level and deal with the pressures and different things. So for me, some are, but I don't know if most are. I don't, I don't know. Again, I don't want to speak for anybody. No, I think, I, think, I think you're so right because yeah, it's, for, yeah. it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And, yeah. and when you talk about the NCAA route, yeah. it's a fantastic route and it's very yeah. similar to the European model. Yeah. Like if you look at countries like Finland, Sweden, Switzerland, uh, Russia, yeah. uh, a lot of these players, they get the opportunity to develop themselves and maybe they're not at the top level, yeah. but they end up at the top level. Yeah. As they as they grow and they're in, they're into their twenties, yeah, and they can leave, and that's the thing too. When you're in the like, again, I don't want to, I'm not, not bashing Western League because I think it's a great league, but you're forced at twenty years old to really make a decision. Do you want to go play CIS, which is a good league, but it's it's not really close to the professionals professional level, or you have to go jump right into the professional league. Where I think the NCAA, if you're ready when you're, you can leave when you want, right? Like you can play till you're 23. You have four years really. You, till you, most most kids go when they're 18, 19. You can start playing pro hockey when you're 23, 22, 23. And if you want, you leave after your first year and you can be that 18, 19 year old playing in NHL. Oh, absolutely. Playing or if you're not ready, then you wait another two years and then you leave when you're 22, absolutely. 23, right? So it kind of, it, it just allows you more time. It allows you to control when you're ready, you know, a little bit later to go and play pro hockey, you know, which I think is, is really good. If they could mix them both together, I think it'd be ideal to give the kid better opportunity that, you know, which I think they should. I think the Western League should find a way to, to make kids or allow kids to go and play NCAA hockey to extend that. Because at the end of the day, they're kids. Like, you want to be able to give them the best opportunity possible, you know, and not just saying, well, you're playing the Western League, so, you know, you can't go to NCAA. So Absolutely. it's kind of working hand in hand. I think that system there should be a little more, uh, you know, friendly to kids for sure. Yeah. You know? Everybody's everybody's journey and route is different, and ultimately, everybody has the same goal of trying to, to play pro hockey, to play in the best league in the world in the NHL. Yeah, but it's it's a, it's a different journey for everybody. It's at the end. That's the end. That's the end result. That's what you want, right? Really, you can't rush that process. You have to, you know, that is the end goal. You know, just like winning a Stanley Cup, we all want to, but there's no, you can't rush that process. You know, you can't skip learning how to do one thing. You know, and just try and rush and learn one. You have to, you have to really make sure you learn it all and you take your time. Yeah. I sometimes think that people don't realize just how special and elite the NHL is. Seven hundred and twenty players get to play at your position. Uh, two goalies per team. Of course, yeah. there's there's goalies in the system and in the minors, but you're looking at sixty plus goalies, and that's out of millions and millions and millions of hockey players and goalies. It's a it's a very difficult league to get to, and it's a very difficult league to stay in. Yeah. So speaking of which, let's take it back to when you were drafted and your journey and transition from college to the NHL. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I was, well, I was drafted by Pittsburgh as, as a freshman in college, and then I ended up waiting to become a free agent, or was going to wait to become a free agent, and uh, the Rangers signed uh, or traded for me uh, at the draft, and then I ended up signing with them uh, and joining that organization I think I was 22, 23, so after my senior year of university. Uh, and it was fun. It was a fun experience. Again, it was a different dynamic because you go from playing in college. Uh, it's a real family-type style. You know, everybody's there on scholarship. Everyone's, like, more comfortable. You're not, I wouldn't say complacent, but you're, you're a lot, little, little less pressure, um, you know, from, I guess, the, the organization standpoint. And then you get into pro hockey, and now it's just, like, there's a lot, like, a lot more of a demand to perform every day there's you know you always feel like you could be up down you don't know where you stand uh, there's a lot more movement in that sense where in university it's like you're there you know like any team you're there it's just like you can't get really traded or anything like that it's just you're on that team so there was a little bit of adjustment sort of dealing with like that business side of it um, but the hockey was great I think everybody in that organization wants you to do well 
um, but it's a business at that point. You know, you have owners, you have uh, GM, you have coaches that are there that are there to win. So they, you know, they need people to perform, they need players to perform. So there's always move, moving parts. Um, and it was fun. It was a good organization, the Rangers, to get into right away. Um, got in my first game, that first bunch of games uh, that first year. Uh, I was around like, you know, the Henrik Lundqvist and um, Marion Gabrick and different guys like that, some elite players. And um, just being in that sort of a high profile organization with, with a lot of media attention and stuff like that too helped me um, really transition um, from the college to the college life and the media to, especially Alaska, to the NHL level, kind of right into like to the, the biggest, one of the biggest, biggest yeah. cities in the world, New York, yeah, New which, York, which was fun, you know, like you learn a lot about yourself and you know, your, your routine and your preparation, what, where you need to be at. And then Ben Waller was the goalie coach there too, he was like one of the best in the game and to be able to have him sort of transition my game, uh, which needed adjustment too. Uh, how transition my transition my game was a big part. What was the biggest transition from, uh, let's say, college yeah. to the NHL? And obviously, you spent a little time in the American Hockey League yeah. in Hartford, which is a great organization. Yeah. But yeah. just a pro, what was the biggest? Change? I think it's just the sched the schedule too. You know, you're playing every second or every like second or third day, um, and just that that demand really like practices was are really important there too. You know, you, in the NHL level, you use you know, the intensity's there, being in good shape. It's just, there's a lot more, just the competitiveness, the real competitiveness. Um, I think you have that in the NCAA too. It's just a different environment. I don't know, you know, you can't really explain it. There's a lot, a lot of people want your position, you know, and you feel that, that intensity and that pressure, which is great. You know, I like, I thrive on that, that competitiveness. Um, but there's that part of it. And then just the speed of the game, you know, there are guys, you know, there's just an extra little passion. You're, again, a lot of it is mental, I think. More than, more than anything, like everyone's strong, everyone's quick, you know, like uh, even young players nowadays, they can all shoot the puck and skate, but I think it's just being able to deal with, okay, wow, you're I'm going across, I'm looking across the rink and I see Marty Border, like I'm playing against Marty Border, you know, like, and then not really getting caught up in that. It's just being in the moment, like this is a hockey game, I can do this, having that inner confidence in yourself, I think that was the biggest transition um, for me too is just kind of getting out of my head and just trusting myself really having that like undeniable confidence in my own ability well it's absolutely true and in, in the position that you play unfortunately hockey is a team game and there's a lot of things that happen in front of you before yeah. you even get it get to see the puck and yeah. see the shot but yeah um, you've been in that you've been in the role to, to start you've been in the role yeah. to come in and try to mop up what's happened during the game and yeah. why don't you why don't you tell the, the listeners a little bit about What's it like just to be ready? You know, there's, there's times we've talked this week, there's times where you're just you're there, you don't see the puck for, for yeah. minutes at a time. Or, yeah. And how do you stay focused and like, tell us about yeah. that. Yeah, I think it's like, like anything when, when you're at this stage in my career, in my life, I think there's so many experiences along the way, you know, from highs and lows in a game where you get thrown in, you get pulled, you know, that I always look back on whether, whether I'm a kid or like a, you know, junior player, university player that, you know, you learn on experience of when you've gone, like if I get thrown in cold, I learn, I lean on experience, like, you know what, that one time I went in cold and I did really well, you know, and this is how I felt, this is what I was doing. So you kind of just like develop sort of techniques or, or build confidence through your experiences, you know, and having success in the past and having failures and you sort of learn from those things. So for me, being able to come off the bench, it's just like going back to be like, hey, I can do this, you know, having that, like having that experience of like, you know, I can come off the bench and make 30 saves in a row, even if I'm freezing cold and, you know, haven't eaten and whatever, right? It's just like, it doesn't, that doesn't matter. You know, you don't let the excuses get in your mind uh, to sort of um, 
hinder your performance. Um, and then, yeah, even through the game too, the same sort of thing. It's like, you know, just going back on experience of if I'm a kid and didn't have a shot for a whole period and all of a sudden, you know, your team takes a penalty and you've gotten through that experience, you know, and you know you can do that. It's just, it's just really remembering the, the times when you had success, when you didn't have success um, and realizing you probably had more times of success sure. than not. So. Yes, You've had the opportunity to play, like you mentioned, Henrik Lundqvist, and yeah. many. You've been you've been part of some great organizations. Yeah. Tell us about some of the some of the guys that you've played with, and like some of the things you've learned, I guess, yeah. from these guys. Because it's yeah. I know you're an active learner and always yeah. always wanting to grow as a player. I think the biggest thing is just the the work ethic of, of the guys, just the consistency, the the demand every day in practice and games, just to be consistent. You know, and there's that little competitiveness, and they have highs and lows, like. You know, whether you're Lundqvist, Rask, and um, Smith I played with too for a little bit. Just different guys to different levels. Just, um, you know, I think the, the competitive, like Henrik Lundqvist for me, is just his competitiveness even, even in practice. Just not to not let a puck in. Just his, his real passion for that. He just is so intense on everything. And you can't always, I couldn't play as intense as him or, um, you know, or, or Rene or different guys that you watch. And you have to find your own game. But I think you can always take something out of sure. that and then incorporate that into your own game because you have to be your own goalie. That's the biggest thing I learned too. So, um, you know, just the competitiveness, the detail. Um, you know, some guys are work harder here, work harder there, but I think at the end of the day, you have to be more uh, in your own in your own bubble type thing, so. So, in, in today's game, and obviously as a player, it's uh, it's difficult to, uh, it's difficult for you to, to say, but, and today's goaltending's changed, and you yeah. you know that you've been playing oh, yeah. the position for quite some time. And yeah. in today's game, you know young goalies, experienced goalies. Who do you who do you who do you see that uh, you know think you know as a peer? You say, yeah. gee, that guy's that guy's solid. He's an amazing goalie. I've always thought like to me, Martin Jones, the way he plays, I think he's really underrated. And again, in the yeah, in the goalie position, where you were were sort of compared to statistically to other other goalies. But it's almost like comparing two golfers that are playing completely different courses. One guy's playing the master, you know, at the Masters, and the other guy's playing at the Calgary Golf and Country Club, you know. And they shoot different scores. In Calgary, you might shoot a minus twenty, but he's better because he shot a minus twenty, and you know, the other guy shot a two over at the Masters. So it's kind of like, you know, to me, it's 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 hard to compete, hard to like just say, well, this guy obviously because of his numbers is a better goalie. Like as a goalie yeah. and being in the league and being on really good teams and really bad teams, I think I look past a lot of times the numbers too. So for me, like a guy like Martin Jones, Martin Jones, who's had good numbers, but a guy like Martin Jones, to me, the way he plays, you know, watching him and watching the opportunities he, he gets and the saves that he makes, to me, he's uh, he's a really strong goalie. You know, he's he's a guy that I like watching just because of the way he plays. So it's funny with goaltending when when, when players score players and teams win yeah. uh, there's quite often not too much mention of the goaltending yeah. that happens but when a team loses yeah, yeah. it's oh, yeah. amazing the attention that could come so yeah, it's all on goaltending exactly yeah. so, so, so I want I want you to give our listeners a little bit of a and we talked a lot about the mental focus of the game which is yeah. critical for yeah. any professional hockey player and any young player yeah. so take us through take us through that psyche of you get scored on yeah that goal goes by you. yeah what happens in your head what do you do to reset, get yourself ready yeah. to, to continue on with that failure? Yeah, I think it's just, again, it's, it's almost just having, like, teaching yourself in some way to how to deal with that. Again, looking at the experience you've had in the past, be like, hey, I let the first shot in the game, or I let the first two shots in the game, like, in on me. And it's realizing, okay, I've done this before and I've gotten through it. You know, and thinking, like, positively about it, and really just moving on and making the next save. Like, I do work with, like, a sports psychologist, like Saul Miller, I'll 
do a little shout out to him. Yeah, yep. very he, well he recognized guy. Yeah, so yeah. Millie's in Vancouver. He, he helps me out a lot in dealing with uh, the highs, the lows, just staying really in the moment. And you have to train yourself to do that. Yeah. You know, it's easy to be negative and it's easy to be positive, but you have to train those, that your mind, you have to make sure you're in control of those thoughts. You know, whether you're a player or a goalie, goaltending is tougher because obviously if it goes in, things change. You know, if you make a save, it's okay, you made a save, like whatever, right? Like, um, so I think for me, it was just developing the strength just to really move on, giving myself some cues, whether it's just like a simple word of just being confident or safe and just really staying in the moment, not worrying about the past or the future, just really in the moment. Um, and it takes time and there's always challenges throughout the year to not start thinking about, oh, this is my last game and I, you know, I let in four goals, I got pulled or, you know, my team this, my team that, or guys aren't doing this, and you know, and, and well, it's funny that you, it's funny that you yeah. mentioned Saul, because I've, yeah. I've read his stuff, and uh, yeah. he's very well respected, and he works with uh, several NHL players that yeah. uh, that I've had the opportunity to train, and what I like about his his, his message is control the controllables, yeah. control what you do, exactly, and you can't you can react to what's happening around you, yeah. but you can control what you do. And if that's a reset or positive thoughts yeah. or doing what you can do to be the best you can be, it's a, it's a good message. Now, in saying that, you've played against some amazing players. Yeah. That, uh, had a, you know, it's, let's just say it's, it's been a very well-storied NHL career that's going to continue yeah. in St. Louis this year. Tell me, and this is something that, that people always want to know. Yeah. Tell me about... The guys that have scored on you, the toughest yeah, yeah. guys to stop. Like, yeah. tell me about a few of those players you faced in the league. Like for me, like I always, for me, I was like playing against the the better players, like the Crosby's, the Ovechkins, Stamkos. Like it's a it's a challenge, you know. And I always, I feel like I always rise to those occasions. And I think, but for me, like Ovechkin's always, he's always dangerous, just because his curve is like ridiculous. You know, he kind of just slings the puck. It's always rolling. I feel like sometimes he doesn't know where he's putting it. And he's got such a hard shot, you know, and he changes the angles like, oh, you guys do now, you know, changes the angle and just throws pucks really quick. And uh, his one-timer is like elite, you know, and a lot of times he doesn't know where it's going, yeah. which is good for, for him because if it's in that area, you know, and he takes enough shots, they're going to go in. Because if he doesn't know, then how am I supposed to know? Because, again, I'm trying to read different things. So for me, I think he's probably one of the tougher, uh, tougher players um, to play against. But I enjoy playing against him too, right? It's just I know he's... He's definitely a challenge. You have to be aware, uh, make sure aware of where he is, and like Crosby and those kind of guys too, because they're so dynamic. You know, they're so tenacious on the puck; they never quit, um, regardless of the situation. So yeah, it's tough to deal with that. Have you found that you, through your journey through the pros, like you mentioned, the young players, the way they shoot? Yeah, I certainly notice the the increase in speed, yeah, puck skills, and specifically yeah. even shooting skills. It's amazing. Yeah. Do you, do you, have you noticed that as a oh, goaltender, yeah. just Absolutely, the yeah. ability, like not just yeah. having one or two guys that can really sling the puck at you to it's pretty much there. a lot of guys can shoot now? Yeah, I think everybody, I remember playing junior hockey and it was like everybody used like 100 flex, you know, 110 flex playing junior. And now like the kids play with like 80, 70, everybody, yeah. you know, and then even even some of the summer skates that I have and come some kids come out and, and shoot and they're in junior hockey and they have whippy sticks and they're shooting it just as hard as the NHL guys do and they're skating right. just as fast, you know. It's just the the, the 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 way that the players are developing and the speed they're developing is pretty amazing. Um, I think again, it's just like continuing to learn the game, and uh, you have to develop. You have to always improve, even as a goalie or a player in the NHL. And that's another thing I learned too is just through through the years with the the older players, the guys that are in the league when they're 35, 36, like the Aginlers I played with in Boston, and I remember him after practice, and he was like 36 or 37 at the time and done everything. 
uh, he was going and doing shooting shooting stuff after practice in Boston. He had a shooting coach there in Boston, and he was going and brought his stick and gloves, and everybody's like, where are you going? He's like, well, I'm, I have a shooting coach. I'm going to go shoot some pucks. Like, so it's just continue to develop. It's just, you know, that's the thing. And it doesn't matter what age you are. You no, just it doesn't continually, it's, it's, You have to. If you want to be in the league, you have to adapt. You have to grow. You have to, because it's, it's ever forever evolving the game. Uh, whether it's goaltending as a player, you have to continue to grow. And I think as soon as you get complacent and you think you have it made and you've done enough, then you're probably going to be out of the league pretty soon. So you had an experience, uh, a, a great opportunity at the World Championships. You want to tell yeah. us a little bit about that? So two, yeah, two years ago I was at the, the uh, was a part of the World Championships after my year here in Calgary at the Flames and um, got asked to do that and it was an amazing experience. My second time doing that, the first time I was with the Rangers, my first year and served as a third goalie that got thrown into a second. So it was a little different situation. I was a little more ready, I think, for for this experience. And it was just it's neat to be a part of Team Canada. I, again, I took a little bit of a slower route and. I uh, wasn't a part of the, the World Juniors or those, t- you know, that type of stuff, which I would have loved to have been a part of. Um, so to be able to, to throw on a Team Canada jersey and represent Canada and sort of go through that experience, even at that level, if it's on an Olympic, you know, Olympic team and uh, you probably don't have like the elite of the elite Canadians there. You still have a lot of good hockey players, good Canadian players there. Just to, be able, to be able to go there and do that was fun to be a part of that. We didn't win gold, unfortunately, won silver, but it was a, a great experience for sure. Does that... Uh Goalies always talk about it, but going from the the dimensions of an NHL arena to an Olympic ice surface, yeah. do you find that's a tough adjustment? It, or yeah, it is a little bit of adjustment because your angles are a little different too, but it's it's almost a little bit easier in a sense that there's more time and space, so you can react to, to, to pucks, um, then you're in a good good position. If you can't react to pucks, then you're in trouble because guys have a little more time, a little more open space to, to make plays. Uh, it's almost slower a little bit too because... Uh, as much as you think there's there's a big ice surface and guys will be ripping around, there's more you, you sort of give this give the space to gain the zone, but then it's more controlled perimeter. Perfect, you know. So it's a little bit yeah, it's a little bit different. But so just wanted to talk about like I think it's really neat with the hockey lifestyle and yeah. like, everybody obviously your entire summer, your entire it's training off ice, training on, on ice, and yeah. you know the great training they've done over the last couple of weeks and just yeah. honing your game. What What's your favorite thing to do away from the rink? Like, what are your, some of your favorite things that you really enjoy? Yeah, I mean, spending time with I've been, I just have a, had a daughter this year. Um, she was born on April twenty second. So, what's her name? Uh, Claire. Beautiful. Yeah, Claire Elizabeth. Uh, so, spending time with her when I do have a chance. Summers, honestly, I feel like summers are busier. To be honest, like I don't know if other guys are the same way, but I feel like in summertime I train for two hours off ice, then you go on ice for an hour, and then I'm doing like maybe some vision training stuff too. So I feel like summers are a little bit busier at least with, with travel but yeah I mean I just like spending time with family I'm not like I don't do a whole lot to be honest like yeah. I just like doing nothing you know like hang out with friends just whatever like I'm not I don't do like I don't go hunting or fishing all the time or anything like that I'm kind of boring to be honest what's your uh, what's your favorite food if you had to have a meal this is your uh, one meal you can you know, choose what would it be I couldn't choose I couldn't choose one but I'll give you three kind of different ones so it's like obviously being in Alaska the, the Alaska king crab legs oh, yeah. if you ever go up there it's amazing I had like an all you can eat dinner one time at someone's house for the first time I had them and it was like unbelievable huge piece of meat of you know of crab and then uh, I like like Vietnamese noodle soup so yep. like pho um, like a spicy type noodle soup that's probably up there um, and then even uh, what would be another one my like cheat is like they have these mini pizzas uh, it's like Pillsbury Doughboy <laughs> makes them they're in like you can buy like Safeway they're like these little mini pizzas sure. Like those, t- those are like yeah. That's that's like my kryptonite. I just I can't not eat them. I'm coming 
homemade or something, I always crush those. I think you have to have a little variety in your diet. Yeah. You, I cheat, I cheat occasionally, yeah. It, it, Everybody has to. You have to stay, you gotta be happy too, right? Absolutely. If you're not happy then if you're miserable because you don't eat some cheat every now and then, then Absolutely. you'll be in trouble. Absolutely. So favorite place to travel? Where, uh, uh, you pick a destination to go with your family? You, where, you where know, was like, I was, the world championships were in Paris, um, and that was an amazing city, but I, like, I'm, I'm all over again. I'm not like a picky. I, I love to go to London and, and check London out or, uh, like Bora Bora or Bali or something like somewhere over there just to experience the different cultures and just to see like the environment you know okay. uh, you know I've been to, like Cabo and South America like Nicaragua I've been down there a little bit um, so just kind of all over you know I love to go to Greece there's just so many places really the world's huge yeah so summer footwear uh, running shoes or, well, yeah, or flip-flops well skates obviously hot yeah, skates, but yeah. yeah I think like like flip-flops I think for the most part so I try to wear runners now I'm getting older so you gotta save the joints you know you can't yeah. wear flip-flops yeah, they're tough time. on your feet but they boy, they're nice to get, <laughs> get on after you after you put your really skates on. on seriously okay what's your quirkiest I guess uh, pre-game ritual do you have any quirky pre-game ritual like I don't know I like I don't think I don't know if I have any. Do you put weird, one pad on before the other? I always do like left. I always go left to right. I don't know if it's like a ritual, just more like making sure that I'm like everything's on the way it's supposed to be, right? Like I don't know that you're not like hey, my pads on the wrong leg or whatever. And I think it's just like a habit. I don't know if it's like a routine it has to be done that way. Um, but I do like visualization stuff, which I think players find weird. You know, I do like stuff with my eyes to like track. You know, so I work on like my stuff. So if someone saw me doing that in the hall or whatever, they might think I was like crazy. Yeah. Um, but it works. I got you know my eyes are a muscle, so you got to warm them up. So that's probably the only weird thing I do. Uh, I think more guys are doing it, so I don't think I'm that weird. But that's probably it. That's absolutely <laughs> that's absolutely awesome. <laughs> Most embarrassing moment as an NHL player. Most embarrassing moment. Well, I don't know if it, like most embarrassing. I don't know if it was an NHL moment, but I probably like my first shot on goal in the NHL was the breakaway or half breakaway, and he scored on it. It was Gagne. Uh, it was my first shot on goal, and you know, Henry got pulled. Uh, first period, I went to the second period, and there's like the first first shot was a half breakaway guy went like or deflected went like high blocker um, goal. So I was like, oh boy, like this is welcome to the league. Yeah, eh? Welcome to the league. I'm like, I'm gonna remember this forever. But I wasn't embarrassed. I was just like, oh boy, you're so excited. Uh, I mean, I think when I was in pro hockey though, when I was in uh, I think it was Hartford, a guy dumped the puck in right to my right hand side, came almost off the puck, and I went to play it behind the net. So I was about maybe five feet. Uh, to, the, to my right of the net and I tried to do like a spin around and go off the backboards and the guy came from behind me and tapped my stitch a little bit so the puck came right and right in the net. Jeez. Yeah, so I scored. It looks like I really like I shot the puck in my net. Um, so that was probably one of the more embarrassing embarrassing moments. I can't talk about stuff off ice. No, just, you can't. No, so you, you've had the opportunity to play with a lot of, lot of great players and a lot of great organizations. Yeah. Biggest beauty that you just couldn't basically stop laughing or even like who, who's the biggest booty you played with you know like Johnny Boychuk on uh, I played with him in Boston and Long Island for a little bit too Johnny Boychuk is pretty funny like his his route his like warm up for games would be like dancing like he would do like like he would just full on dance you know he'd put music on when other guys were maybe playing soccer and he would just like dance like he would do like you know I don't know what you call it back in the 90s like what do they call those workouts back in the 90s? You know, like... Yeah, Taibo or Taibo or like whatever. It was like aerobics. Aerobics. The aerobics stuff. Like, he would be doing that. Like, he'd just be dancing, doing, like, spins, kicks, and, like... like but he'd, he'd also be, like, warming up, though, too. Like, you know, lunges, and he would just be singing the whole time. You know, like, that was his warm-up. He'd be leaking. Like, he'd be sweating. Like, it'd be a good warm-up for him. But that's, like, he's just a funny guy. And, 
you know, love the game. I think he's he's the one man that stands out. I can I can agree with that. I've spent uh, yeah, you, I've yeah, spent yeah. decades with Johnny Boychuk, and yeah. he is a beauty, and he's yes, also. He He's an absolute moose and a monster to yes. run, run into yeah. on the ice, and yeah. uh, and what a hammer! Probably what a hundred, yeah. hundred and seven <laughs> mile an hour slap shot, Seriously. and heavy yeah. too. Yeah. Eh? Honestly, That's not a fun one to stop in no, practice, no, is not it? Not at all. And he uh, he loves when he goes a little bit high too. Sometimes, yeah. so he, he's not afraid. Uh, yeah, he's a good guy though. Like again, really good hockey player and won a Stanley Cup there and uh, had a really good career. That's fantastic. Last thing, finally, uh, yeah. for our young goalies yeah. and goalie parents out there. What's what's a what's the biggest piece of advice you can give them uh, that yeah. want to get to the highest level they can play? I think the biggest thing is like take take your time. I think is one of, is one of the things, and then um, I think again, there's going to be highs and lows. I, I don't think you can at the end of the day, somebody like I said before to all these goals I, I speak to, somebody has to make the NHL. Like someone has to take my spot. You know, there there are only whatever, 60 goalie positions, and for players, there's only so many spots. But somebody has to fill that spot. So it's really up to you, it's your choice. It's, you're gonna have, you know, for some players, it's gonna be an easier journey, and some it's not gonna be. It's up, you know, so you really just have to, to, to bury your head and, and work hard. You have to, might have to work extra hard compared to the guy next to you, just to get there. But I think it's possible to get there. Again, I wasn't always highly talented, I wasn't the best player every year too, but I put the time in, I had highs and lows, and I still do. But I never quit, you know, and that's the thing. I continue to just try and get better every year. And you have to be honest with yourself in your own game, what you're good at, what you're not good at, you know, and why you had a good year and why you didn't have a good year. Uh, and you have to really be honest with yourself and, and find ways to improve those areas that you're not gonna, good at and continue to improve those areas that you are. And I think that's the biggest thing. It's too easy just, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge at times. You feel like sometimes you're really far from, from reaching the NHL and there's other guys that are, are at different levels and you have to stay in that bubble. Of your own your own mind and, and your own game and trust your own game uh, you can't worry about if someone else is two levels ahead of you or they're getting all this attention and that's the hardest part when you're in junior hockey and uh, in your teens you know because you're so self-conscious about your own game and where your game is and I think just staying in that bubble of, of your own game and being honest with yourself and and not quitting and just keep pushing forward and really challenge, challenging yourself to you know you can get there because like I said somebody has to fill that so it's just up to you really and how hard you want to work to get there. That's, that's inspirational. It's Chad Johnson, NHL goalie. Uh, unbelievable insights and uh, into the NHL game and into the journey and uh, a great example and, and a great guy. We really appreciate your time. This is Steve Serdakny at Serdakny Hockey Podcast.